Siskiyou County has been home to illegal marijuana cultivation for years. The Hmong say authorities are using water as an excuse to single them out. If everybody's growing out here, why only enforce the water law for this community? Because this is the biggest slice of the pie. They're farmers. Hmong people, that's all they know how to do. Because I have to put food on the table and a roof over their head, like, that's my drive. They are the, the most dominant growers in the county. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're back, man. It's first smoke of the day. Got a special episode today. Featured episode two. It's your boy, Pat Gods here. I'm here with my co-host, Black Leaf. What up, man? Man, we got a good one today. You've already, <laughs> you already came in and made an entrance, and we got gifts on the table. A lot of history has been <laughs> yes. said, and uh, we just got done eating egg rolls <laughs> that your wife made. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for those. Those, were, those came in handy, for real. I, I was starving. Fire. Those are amazing. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Thought I could bring a little bit of culture in here, you know? You did. You did that. We need that, too. Yeah. We love that, man. Like, when you can experience real culture from the heart, and that's what you have, is, is special. What Thank do you have in front of you? Well, here I have um, what we call in Hmong. Um, they're called uh, lock. It's called lock. So, oh, wow. here's... That's insane. Look, I mean, so we wear this, and um, yo, this is a gift for you, Hi, bro. Absolutely gorgeous, so dope, man. And uh, Blackley, this one's for you. So there's history behind this, and why we wear it, you know, today Dude. is uh, remembrance. So I'll get into that. Uh, there's a reason why it's called a lot. We'll get into that in a bit when um, we get more digged Bro, into history. These are insane, man. Yeah. This is gorgeous, man. We appreciate it. You don't get guests like this. No. Life, <laughs> so thank you. No, it's a blessing, man. Yeah. This is super special. Happy to, to represent and happy to be able to, to wear these and have these as a gift, man. Yeah. Really dope. You know, we appreciate what you guys do for the, you know, industry. You guys are really putting it down, so. Thought uh, <clears throat> I'd bless you guys with some really cool gifts. Besides you, the dopest bong I've ever seen. Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually, you know, how we used to smoke cigarettes, tobacco, and, um, and opium, from what I was told. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, what you know about that? That's what we heard. What you know about that? <laughs> you know about that opium smoke? Oh, it's dope, bro. I mean, between that and then now the hollow tips, I mean, straight gun, bro. The smoke yeah. gun. So, um, you know. Uh, shout out to uh, Hollow Tips. Um, they actually sponsored me to be here today. If, without them pushing me, kicking me in the butt to make it to the show, I would not even probably be here. So, um, yeah, he, uh, Mike, Mike knew that you guys were throwing a party. So the reunion party, party on the 21st. And he said, you know what? You guys need straps for your party. You know what I mean? So he gave you as a, you know, smoke gun. That's the most yeah. legit smoke gun I've ever seen. <laughs> Big dog is not playing around. No. Like I can tell he parties on another level. Oh yeah. Like, the parties are different. <laughs> yeah, if anybody are knows different. about Holotip, they throw the biggest parties in LA. 
Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. We got to be at the next one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Definitely. yeah. Big with the time. smoke gun. Oh, I'm bringing the smoke gun. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be how I'm getting in. Bro, I I'm think, coming with my neck. I think Mike got like 20 of them ready. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. That thing is crazy, too. That's, that's nice, man. But your journey, man, is something special and very different. Unlike even your brand, it represents you to the T. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So um, I built this brand. Um, I, you know, I got into the cannabis industry. I was thinking of names. And then one of my partners from back then, he was like, simple, man. You're unique. You're one of a kind. Fourth thumb. So that's when I was like, really? I'm kind of like embarrassed to do that. But I thought about it. Dude, that's dope. People's going to remember who the hell I am. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I see a lot of faces, but then I forget who they are. You know, so yeah. I think it's pretty touchy. Yeah, so it, it, it's true to you and you can live it now. Yeah. And you're the representation All of right. it, which anyone that anyone that meets you, like you, like you said, you're, mm -hmm. they're going to remember you. Yeah. That's special, though, because it's not that's not common. Right. But you know what? Let's make it more interesting for you to remember me. Right. Thumb wrestle. Yeah, and you know what? He's been dying for me to do this. I'm if you guys it. are on the YouTube, jump yeah. on the YouTube so you can so see this. One, one, two, three, four. <laughs> I declare thumb war. Five, six, seven, eight. Try to keep your thumb straight. <laughs> can you say <laughs> Yeah! You didn't know how to do it. How to do it? Oh, oh, oh. That was a battle, battle royale of the four thumbs. So um, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, man. It's, it's all good. I should have let you, but you had two up on me. It was already unfair. So um, actually, I'm gonna be making like you know thumb wrestle trophies with four thumbs. So whenever I'm I make one, one, you got one. You won. You guys are awesome, <laughs> bro. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Thank you, bro. Yeah. I felt like you let me win, man. You're too fucking nice. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm having my doubts. You let me uh, win. No, your energy is contagious, bro. It really I is. Appreciate uh, everybody that. that's around you, I could tell. You mean it? It's just contagious. Everybody appreciate laughing, that. giggling, having yeah. fun it's from the minute you walked in the door. Yeah. Bro, you got my heart thumping. <laughs> you got my heart thumping. Here. I feel alive right now. This is crazy, for real. I haven't thumb wrestled since high school. Maybe before, like you know, middle school days. But I remember that shit. It's crazy. That's awesome, bro. Let's get into it though, man. Because you were laying some real history down, giving us a little pre-context, and we're real students um, in this game, not only but but for you know, with different culture as well. Like I love learning about things from you know real history real tradition like how things came about and you're getting all into it you really you really know i can tell when someone also was knows what they're talking about and is passionate about it and so we're happy to have you i oh, appreciate that yeah so um i am mong h-m-o-n-g um probably a lot of people get us confused like oh are you guys laotian are you guys chinese or are you guys mongolians we're not we're monks. So um, we, from scholars, what they study was we uh, actually came from uh, Russia, Siberia. So every now and then, um, there will be, you know, monk kids born blonde, like blonde hair, blue eyes. So, you know, those are traits that 
you know, makes us believe that, yeah, hey, we probably was from Russia. So from there, um, we, we migrated down into China. So Beijing, Beijing is north of China. And we reside there. And, um, you know, the Chinese, we all live together. And, um, you know, they bought our weapons and stuff like that. And what happened was, um, you know, war broke out between the Hmongs and the Chinese. So we went to war roughly about like nine times and we won. But the 10th time, like they, they beat us like, you know, in the war. So we couldn't stay in Beijing no more. So we all migrated down to the Yellow River, which was central China. And we got, we got to the Yellow River. We settled in, you know, setting up camp, you know, hang out, living there. And then the Chinese, they got stronger. So they came down to fight us again. And uh, again, they beat us again. So we couldn't stay no more in the, um, in the central area. So we went down to uh, southern China, which was like Hunan. And then during that time, we're like really weak. You know, we had no more power. But um, we stood and fought them right there for 20 years. And um, the story behind those locks that you guys have on there, it's, um, it's a rem remembrance of uh, uh, slavery. So the Chinese, they captured us and they'll lock our necks. And whoever that, you know, escaped, they'll come back to the tribe and, you know, they'll have markings on their neck. And so we wear that today as a symbol of freedom. Wow. That's awesome. So you go man. to any Hmong New Year, um, you know, everybody wears them. The women wear them, you know, the men wear them. So I thought it was pretty dope to bring you guys something like, you know, of my culture. Man. You know, like I said, you don't get gifts like this. And the history behind it is insane. We're happy to represent it. Yeah. Be able to be a part of it. You bless us, man. Thank you. Yeah, for real. It means a lot. To represent freedom, too. I mean, can't be better than that on a cannabis podcast. Where mm -hmm. does it go from there? Yeah. So then um, the ones that were captured from the war in China, the Yellow Emperor, he divided all. The, so during that time, we were actually called Mao people. Like meow is like, like, you know, when they, you know, when a cat, when they go meow. So it's almost like a bad word, like as you use as an N word, you know, so no disrespect to anybody, but, you know, just an example. So the yellow emperor, he divided all the meow from the east, central to the west, and he divided them. And then, um, you know, the art of war, divide and conquer. And so he captured everybody and controlled. And then the ones who escaped um, southern China fled into Indochina, which is known as Vietnam, Laos, Thailand, Cambodia. So, you know, we spread throughout, but everybody landed in Laos. And then in Laos, um, you know, we reside there with the Lao, the Lao people. It was a, a, it was a neutral country. It was not a communist country. So when World War II broke out and um, the United States, you know, came in to fight the war. And um, when they got there, they're like, you know, man, we're going to slaughter these goo communists, you know, jumping into the jungle. But came to find out it was the other way around. They're not 
they weren't used to jungle terrains and stuff like that. So they were getting slaughtered left and right. So um, John F. Kennedy, president of the United States, uh, invited the Lao King to come to Washington, D.C. and see if, you know, they were allied with the United States since it was a, um, not a neutral country. But the Lao King didn't want no part of it. But he said, I know somebody that can help you guys. And it was my general. He's Hmong. His name is General Vang Pao. So before the Lao King even got back to Laos, like we, uh, the Americans, they allied with the French as well. And the French was already looking for General Vang Pao. The Americans was already looking for General Vang Pao. And they linked up with them. And they're like, hey, look, you know, we need your help. Um, we want to train you guys in CIA and um, to help us fight against these communists with, you know, promise, you know, like coming to America and whatnot. So that's why. And then we, the general decided that um, to help the Americans. So the CIA called us um, secret guerrilla unit. And they, um, they put kids and all kinds, you know, from ages like 9, 10, all the way to older to put in the uh, CIA, you know, training for combat. And a lot of them were like front, front line you wow. know, soldiers. So you see little kids at like nine years old holding AK-47s. Yeah. So that, that Monk, happened. Hmong kids. Hmong kids. Yeah. Yeah. So um, during that time, you know, um, when we were in Laos and stuff, we, we were already around cannabis. And um, cannabis to us was um, a material to sew clothing, uh, to make, you know, the ropes for bow and arrow to shoot animal hunt. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's what we know. Hemp. but now coming to America, I was like, whoa, everybody's smoking it, you know, <laughs> it's still in the same family. So that's that. And then, um, so in the war, the World War II, what happened was um, American, uh, the Americans, they pulled out. And when they pulled out, the Lao, the Lao country of Laos, they signed to join communists because now they're in trouble. So they signed in with the communists and then they turned back on the Hmongs. And then the Hmongs had to flee up to the highest mountains. And uh, they, they only ate like, you know, roots and muddy water. And they were getting hunted down like animals. Yeah. Until, um, you know, the churches from America, from the United States, um, like in Minnesota, like St. Paul and California, like, uh, the Central Valley, they sponsored the monks to come to America because of the genocide going on. So that's why, you know, we're here today. Wow. So um, everything that our ancestors did for us to be here today, I'm really thankful. You know, they sacrificed their life, you know, for us to have a better life, you mm. know, in America. So I'm proud to be a monk. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's deep. It's deeper than, than most people's background. You know, he, 
the, the amount of knowledge and, and you know, and how passionate you live it. Right. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, why you're giving thanks and why, you know, the blessings are coming. Mm -hmm. How, how does it land into cannabis? Where does it start to go now that you're, you know, you're out here? Cause I mean, I watch your story. Your story's crazy. <laughs> talk bro. about, talk about your upbringing. Yeah. So my upbringing, I come from a broken family. Um, you know, like I don't want to go too much detail, but I will. Yeah. Um, grew up really poor. Um, you know, we never had any food in the house. The only time we had gotten to eat anything was showing up to school early for breakfast and then take some snacks during lunch to come home. And sometimes we just get like rice and, uh, you know, mix rice and Mountain Dew together and eat that, you know, so you don't go to sleep hungry. But, um, <clears throat> and then that's why I started fishing too, because, you know, no food. So, you know, go to the river, go catch some fish. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then, you where, know, where, where was this at? Yeah. Oh, Central Valley. So Merced, California, Got 209. It. Yeah. So, what year about? Uh, oh, I, I was born in United States. I was born in Visalia, California. And um, we moved out to Merced when I was two years old. So stayed there all my life until I got a little older. And um, yeah. Not an easy upbringing, though. Yeah, it was not easy. Um, I have five brothers and one sister, and um, it was tough. You know, um, my mom was on welfare. My dad was never around. He, you know, he bounced out. And, uh, you know, we had to become men ourselves, you know. Um, you know, you know, growing up with no father figure, like everyone in the community, they just look down like, oh, these guys are, these kids are never going to do good in life, you know? So it was really you sad. Got, upbringing. Man, you got a good point about that, man. A lot of people go through that too, across all cultures, all people, no father figure. And I never thought about the fact that other people do look down on those kids. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. So nowadays I see, I see kids that don't have father figure or parents, you know, like I always show them some love because um, I know that they were, you know, I was used to be in their shoe, you know? Yeah, it is. And, and so you're growing up in central California and, and where does it go from there? You're getting through middle school, high school. Yeah, How, so, how's it go? Yeah. So, um, you know, it was really tough for me in uh, school. Because, um, you know, I have four thumbs mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of kids, they will bully me. You know, they'll bully me like every time I pull up around the corner at school, you know, they're talking about you. You know, everybody just stops silent and just look at you and whisper, you know. So it was, you know, and then I kind of started rebel off of that. You know, I started like starting to be a savage, you know, like. But, um, yeah, it was tough going to school. Yeah. Especially, you know, being Asian as well, too, mm -hmm. and having four thumbs, you know? Yeah. yeah. Always get called names and stuff, you know? When did you turn it from, from like a negative to a positive? Because like you, like you, you, you almost take the joke out of it. Like, and you're, it's just mm -hmm. like you, bro, you're, you're contagious, mm -hmm. you're fun. It's like, yeah, that's dope too. It's just an extra bonus. It's not a negative, right? Yeah. When did you, when were you be able to turn that around? When I went to prison, uh, I had, good pen pals, you know, they taught me how to be comfortable in my own skin. Um, I used to be shy, you know, and I wouldn't talk about certain things. But uh, yeah, one of my pen pals, 
she uh, told me, yeah, just be comfortable. Once you're comfortable with yourself, everything is possible. And I took, she gave me a little bit of leash and I took off with it. Yeah. That's dope. <laughs> That's super dope. Well, talk about where it went from there. Like, when's, what was your first time smoking weed? And like, you know, obviously, what'd you go to prison for? Yeah. So, um, so first time I started smoking weed was uh, junior high when I was 13 years old. So at an age of 13 years old, um, I had a manager. I used to work for H&W, family drive-in in Merced. I'm pretty sure some of you guys going to, uh, you guys eat there. So my manager, um, you know, he surrounded himself with a lot of Asian kids, kids that come from like, you know, the ghetto and he always like put them on and stuff. So I was one of the ones that like, you know, kind of shined in. He took me in and um, yeah, I was just chilling and chilling at the drive-in inside. And I would always see like the waitress, like they car hop. So they would go, they'll go out and come back in all frustrated. They got to make drinks, found drinks. So I'm like, hey, I'm not doing nothing. Hey, let me help you. So I'm always a helping guy, right? So I go make all their sodas. And then I went from there to become a fryer and then from there to uh, become a cashier. And then it got kind of serious too. So uh, in middle school, I had to go to the school to get a worker's permit because I was a minor as well. So I was already on payroll when I was 13 years old. So, yeah. Yeah. That's different. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you, from started, you started getting, getting, making your own, own plate. Yeah. Because at that point you're, you know, you're doing your thing. You're working. Yeah. You're making and, it happen. And then that's when I first started smoking. I was influenced by other ethnicity, like my Mexican friends. Uh, that, that they were older, my white friends. And um, it was funny because I'm in the parking lot, right? I'm like, damn, should I hit this? <laughs> you know, like, like I'm still in junior high, you know? And then I smoked it. I smoked down like, holy <clears throat> shit. So I laid out in the parking lot. Like, hey, you got to go to work. You know, I'm like, dude, I'm too high. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny. Right after that, like, I had like an American family, right? And um, she was a single mother with kids, and her kids are like our age. So every day when we get off work, we buy a zip and we go smoke at their house. And we used to call this chat line, right? During Beavis and Butthead time and just act like Beavis and Butthead, like, <laughs> like all that on the, you know, and get stupid high, you know, smoked out in the house. It was crazy. Yeah, so, and then, um, yeah, during that time, it was, uh, we used to call it Bammer Wheat, you know, and uh, it come in bricks, you know, if you don't, you know, take out the seeds, just like a firecracker, when it just start popping, boop, bop, beep, bop, bop, you know, so um, there was different kinds too, we like the ones that were, I call it the red hair max, right, you know, they had a little bit of red hair, we thought that it was more bomb. Then, you know what I mean? Just the, you know what I mean? The ones that don't have red hair is crazy, right? Hairs don't even have nothing to do with it. But we thought it was cool. Like, it was fire. It's more lime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. lime. People beans. still call it Bammer. I've heard you say that. It's funny. Yeah, Bammer weed. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, in uh, around like 2000, no, in 99, 1999, that's when like, that's when the lime green came out. That skunk, we used to call it bomb. You know, hey, what's up? You got some bomb? So the first time I hit bomb, it was one rip. I was knocked out for 24 hours. No <laughs> lie. You know, that, that was no joke back in the skunky, you know. I don't think we see any of that anymore lately, you know. 
Man, right? That mm-hmm. come back around, people would trip. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to save that combo for the later part of, you know, what the hell happened to weed? <laughs> <laughs> or do we remember it better than it was? Yeah. It's a little bit of both. Yeah, it's so. a little bit of both. So I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So after I ripped that bomb, like, I was like, whoa. So, you know, I slowed down on smoking. I'm like, man, it's another animal, you know? So I slowed down for a while. But I, I still smoke here and now and then, you know, when I pheno hunt, I test my weed and stuff like that. Seems to be part of the culture up We're there. We're about though. to get you real high, though, mm-hmm. when we pass this thing around. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of this episode, yeah, I'm going to yeah. be blasting you with <laughs> the holotips. <laughs> do it. No. Do it. <laughs> that thing's sick. It, but it's, I mean, like, I follow your story on your Instagram. Yeah. And it's, like, part of the life, you know? Yeah. You have a very cool Instagram yeah. following. Like, the story is wild, bro. It's an inside <laughs> look into stuff people aren't used to. Right. Uh, you, uh, you have to, like, live up in Humboldt. You have to, like, really be doing it to see mm-hmm. what you got going on in your story. You know, I, I knew that I have a really crazy life. Like, you know, it's not crazy, but it's, I live a really interesting life every day. So I thought, like, you know, maybe I let people know my daily life, like my daily let's diary. Keep, let's keep them on that journey. You're yeah. uh, 13, 14, 15, 16. What's, how's it like now? Like, you were going over to your homies. You guys were calling the Beavis and Butthead hotline. You yeah. got your job going. What, what are you getting into yes. at this point? So then, um, you know, I worked there for three years. And then uh, my manager, he got, um, you know, he got murdered. So that night, so during that time, I was getting locked up in juvenile hall as well. And um, that night I called, um, I called him like, hey, can you bring me some a tuna sandwich for lunch tomorrow? Because I was doing work detail, right? And he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to drive all the way to Beachwood. <clears throat> so then uh, him and uh, two other monk kids, they, um, they went to his house, you know, to go smoke weed and stuff. And um, I guess when they came home, uh, there was already some robbers, you know, they were already inside the house. Wow. So right when the little monk kid went in, he got shot and killed. Right. He was my homie too. And then the manager ran to the street, you know, called out the neighbors like help. But then nobody came out. So he went in and he got shot too. And then the, the, the second monk kid, he had a, I gave him a little rooster, right? And then uh, he went to the, instead he went to the back to go feed the rooster. So when he heard all those gunshots, he got scared. He jumped the back fence and he flew to the, you know, he, he jammed to the hood. And then, um, yeah, he, um, he was crying like, yeah, and believe it or not, yeah, he got That's shot. That's fucking tragic. Yeah. yeah, over some weed. Imagine yeah, coming robbery. home and mm-hmm. someone's in and then they're just like, fuck it, you're dead. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to, you know, just dip. They're like, no, yeah. I'm going to go And then a second you. person. Jesus, yeah. man, that's Cost. devastating. Yeah, that's fucked. We used to trap out of the restaurant too, you know, like out of the window. Yeah. So you know, we don't know who did it, but you know, rest in peace to Gan, you know, and the homie. Yeah, big yeah. up, man. That's, that's young too. How how young are you at this point? Uh, during that time, I was uh probably fifteen years old. That's fucking fifteen young, years bro. old to be dealing with that shit. You mm-hmm. you're not even technically driving yet. Yeah, that's crazy. And I experienced like you know a crazy lifestyle at a young age, to where it humbled me, you know nowadays. Does that scare you away from weed at all? As far as like, man, okay, people are after this. It's like mm-hmm. you know it means more to some people than others. Enough to to kill, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people get killed over an ounce, you know, 
um yes it's it's my daily like i'm really cautious about it uh it's nobody's safe in this game you know what i mean like whether you're in the legal field or in the black market you know there's no lie about it you know there's hungry people out there so you gotta be on your toes i've been through all of it i'm always on my toes too you know don't you Try to run up on four thumbs and think it's sweet. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, Don't play with I got that, man. Double trigger. Stop playing with that, man. For real. So, so where does it go from there, Brand? That damn rest yeah, in peace, so, bro. That's so. From there, um, I quit my uh, I quit my job because it wasn't the same no more. It was not organic no more. You know. So I, uh, you know, start uh, going back to school. Dropped out, and uh, you know. Growing up, uh, my life was backwards. Like we were, we, we, we didn't have a foundation. You know, I didn't know why I was going to school. I went to school to chase little girls around, you know, the playground and stuff. You know what I mean? Go to school, dish school, go smoke weed and stuff. You know, that's what I thought going to school was. You know, I never had the smarts. Um, so yeah, so uh, dropped out, and then uh, turned eighteen, started working. You know working and then um from there um i was doing you know i'm not gonna lie i was doing hard drugs too like in, in my early you know 20s what do you think led to that uh uh bad influence your your surroundings who you're around right yeah i always tell around. people this yeah the most important deciding factor of your life is who you surround yourself with yeah and i know i'm in my 30s now so i know this more now mm -hmm. than ever I look back and I look at the hard times and I look at the good times and I think about the people I was around. And there's no wonder why there was a difference, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just want to, I like for, you know, to someone to be able to learn from the story too. And mm -hmm. it's like, that's a big part of it is that you just jump to it, but it's like, nah, there was a lot of reason to buy it. A lot mm -hmm. of tragedy, a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. You just had your homies murdered and shit. Mm -hmm. Like people don't realize they're like, oh, how did they get bad? It's like, damn one thing led to another and then mm -hmm. next thing you know you're like fuck yeah this sucks like yeah. the people i'm around now are way worse and yeah. life is not you know mm -hmm. like it should like i know it could be yeah so you know i'm kind of glad that i learned it young you know i see some people that learning it when they're older and phew, they're fucked you know big time and they don't know how to come out of it because they didn't learn that at a young age in other words like i graduated you know, from all that. From the school of hard knocks. Yeah, yeah, for real. Talk about it a little bit, you know? Yeah, so, I mean. Helps the youth. Yeah, like, you know, never get high on your own supply, straight up. You know? That is your lighter, Pat Gods. You don't bad. got a fucking lighter? <laughs> my bro? lighter just went out, what man. Else I was literally trying bad. to, my bad, my This bad. guy. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I thought of, you know, start selling drugs and, sh and start using it, you know? Yeah. Um, I I went what on of, what type of shit? Uh, crystal meth. Mm. So that's, that's a no hard fucking one. joke. That one, yeah. no joke. The like, people that will probably bring yeah. around you, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. So you know, it, it was tough. It was really tough. Like I damn near like was a this teenager. How, how did it? How did it first come around you? Well, when I was working, you know, yeah, uh, my Mexican homies, you know, they trap like you know. They were selling and, it. Yeah, they were selling it. So were they, like, doing it they were doing so, it too or what? Uh, no, they didn't do it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then like all the other kids, like my the mom kids, they came around and like they were smoking it. So I'm like, okay, let me just sell to them. 
You know what I mean? So I started getting from the Mexican selling it to them. And then one day, like, they be knocking on my window at two in the morning. And I just kicked it with them. And then, you know what I mean? And secondhand smoke. And then one thing led to another. Next thing you know, I was, I was fucked. Yeah. So. How um, were you at this point? Um, I believe like around like 17, you know, around there. Yep. 17. And, um, that yeah. shit's, that shit's got to be crazy. At yeah, it's crazy. So, so what, what really made me stop was how long did that period of time last? Like, oh man, I, it's, it's a, it's a really, like, you know, the memory of it, it was a blur. Yeah, blur. Like, any know. crazy stories you tell us about? Uh, no, it's not too crazy, you know? It's not too crazy. Were you working a lot at the time? No, I was not working during that okay. time, too, you know? It yeah. was just like, down, just, damn, just like, you were just serving and yeah, using. Yeah, serving and using, yeah. but it's like, you know, it was bad. It was really bad. And, you know, stealing, you know, stealing cars just to fucking. You know, get a little gram or something, you know, straight up. Yeah, that's you crazy. Know, straight up. And some people, they could relate to this. Some mm -hmm. people graduated to, just like me too. You know? That's why I want you to mm -hmm. explain and stuff because, you know, people can relate and it helps. You'll be surprised how many people yeah. you opening up would help, yeah. you know, so important because sitting right here with you now i would have never guessed that shit <laughs> no. no he wouldn't have neither so that's your that's energy incredible. everything that's incredible mm -hmm. you know it's so that's that's why we get into you know telling that part of the story it's super important at 17 you know where does it go because yeah so 17 right when i turned 18 i went to county jail right away yeah i got caught stealing cars i went to county jail and then um i went to i went to court and they released me, and then boom, went stole car again. This time, I went to prison. You know what I mean? On a high speed chase. You know. So they oh, caught wow. you right away. Uh, like, not even long, bro. How, like, how late were? How long had you been out? Like two months. So that was. And you were even, like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna jack this car." And yeah, I went and jack a car, and then boom, you know, police <laughs> chased me, high speed chase, and you know, what they, kind of car was it? <laughs> probably like a Toyota Camry or something. <laughs> You should have made it sound cool. It's a fucking Rolls Royce it's Phantom. Ferrari should have seen the old man's face. Uh, <laughs> or no, those no. like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so from there, I went to prison and um, I think that was a big break for me. I went to prison. I was surrounded by a lot of the older homies. and. Um, you know, they, they told me, look, you see a lot of us, this is our home. Do you want to be your home? Like, you get to go home. We don't. So you better think twice. And some of them that were getting out too, like, they've been there for five, ten years. They said, dude, if we catch you doing, you know, crystal meth again, and you come back, we're going to whoop your ass. It ain't no free ride. So it really kind of put me up against the fence like, ooh, I got to do good. So I got out of prison. Um, How long did you do? Um, that one I did two years. I did two years. And um, what happened? Um, oh, you got so you stole another yeah, car. Yeah, I stole a car. You. Yeah. So then I got out and. Um, Be like what, like 21, 20? Yeah, somewhere around there. It's like. I'm still young. I, yeah, I try not to keep track too much of my prison, like dates and stuff, you know? But uh, yeah, I, I got out and. Um, 
And I yeah, when I got out, like two years, out here changed. People were wearing faded jeans, no more baggy, no more. You know, like nobody does drugs anymore. Everybody drinks. So I start surrounding myself with people that drink alcohol and, you know, hang around with women, like chicks, you know what I mean? We'd be, I'd be with them bouncing town to town, like, you know, hanging out with girls. So I thought that was hella cool. Like, well, dude, you're 21 now. So yeah, you can do so, it. yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. So I never liked it drinking until I got out. So I drink, you know, that's when I start drinking, but I'm not a crazy drinker as well. Not like those psychotic drinker, like not yourself, you know? I get all violent. That's not me. Like, I drink, I chill. If I get too fucked up, I just knock out. (laughs) Yeah. And so you get out, you're like 21, 22 in there. Yeah. And so you're hanging out. And where's it going from there? Yeah. So um, I met my my first wife. Um, I was going to church, too, during that time. So so when you were away, did you start getting spiritual while you were away? Um, so I was an atheist, so I didn't know what I was, you know, I know that the monk culture, we, we are shamanism and there's monks that go to church as well. So I was like, fuck it. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in none of that. Right. So I was like, Hey, let's go to church. Let's go pick up some church girls. So that's why I met my first wife. That's what I thought. And I got my first wife. (laughs) (laughs) This is how it worked. (laughs) So yeah, I got my first wife and, um, you know, we were married for five years. We have a daughter. She's 15 now. She barely just moved to LA with me now too. So, um, you know, show her the life out here. So after five years, you know, things got kind of rough. I lost my job. I was in a refrigeration and uh, I lost my job and, um, she just wasn't feeling me no more. So she left. And, um, and then I just had the house to myself. So I was on unemployment and, um, the day that they stopped my unemployment, I decided that, you know what, I'm going to move some of my homies in. And, uh, from there I started to trap out of my house selling like ace, dimes, nickels, whatever, because I had no income, you know? And then I was like, dude, I want to buy some plants, right? Cause I already... When I was with my ex wife, I had two, two, uh, my first two plants were uh, blueberry. Right? I came from Clear Lake, Humboldt County. So I was like, man, I want to buy some of these clones, you know? So my first, my, my plants that I started doing, uh, buying on Craigslist was uh, Amnesian Haze, Super Silver Haze, uh, Granddaddy, you know, Purple Urco, Blue Dream, you know? So, you know, when I had the plants, I was like, dude, where do I go from here? I need lights. I'm on Craigslist buying like cheap lights, like the HPS, you know, the old school ones, you know, that come with a big old, um, big old ballast, uh, ballast like yeah. the heavy ones, like probably like 20, 30 pound ballast. You know that. Magnetic ballast. Yeah, the magnetic ballast. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then I started like, started small, start harvesting it. And I started like buying more stuff for my grow, right? In my garage. I started buying like an octopus spinning one, all kind of stuff. So when you look in my grow room, dude, it's like a circus in there, like metal highlight, HPS, all kind of stuff in there. It was just crazy. Experimenting. Experimenting. Yeah. Yeah. So you just got into it. You just started loving it. You just really enjoyed yeah, it or what? Right off, right off the bat. But when I was working, I already had coworkers in Stockton 
they were already like, they were already growing. So I used to have to pick up one of my coworkers, right? In the morning, every morning to go to work, right? And he would uh, always smell like weed. I used to hate it. Like, man, why am I always picking up this guy? Smell like weed every day. Like, hey, you should get into this. Once every three months is a, it's a uh, income tax. I'm like, nah, nah. Yeah, until I tried it. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> now I know what he's talking about. So you had a good experience getting clones off Craigslist. Yeah, that, pff, man, I had some really good clones, but, you know, not, not like what we got today. But, yeah, yeah. But that was a stepping stone for sure. I would used to drive out to the Bay, you know, Richmond, San Jose, Berkeley, you know, because that's, that's where all, like, a lot of good stuff was at, was in the Bay, you know, when Granddaddy was booming, you know. Granddaddy. That Urkel too. Yeah, Urkel. Right now, people be after that. If you yeah. Like, oh, man, that's coming full circle, bro. Yeah. And so you get into growing, yeah. and you just start diving in deeper and deeper. Yeah, diving in deeper and deeper, and then people started like to see, like, oh, shit, this guy's making money. So then they started to like, hey, come turn our garages into a grow. So I'm like, hey, why not? But- I built theirs like way better because I made all the mistakes already, right? From a circus, I was like, oh, no, you're going to run 12 lights. It's going to be all one kind. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we have found, you know, like, like you, we got to go by the book, not like just everything on Craigslist. So not back then we were using like Lumatex, you know, and all that. Yeah, I built their, their grows better than mine. And you got people around you that are all in the same business that are all like helping or what? During that time? Yeah. I, I'll tell you straight up. I was influenced by the gangsters. Yeah. All the gangbangers. You know, back then it was all gangbangers. Like they, they had the perp, you know? Like it's because it was I highly from illegal. Because so I was like, affiliated with yeah. I'm not a gang member, but I was affiliated, affiliated with them. And they taught me. They taught me how to grow, like, you know? But once, once I got on that YouTube... I used to watch George Cervantes and um, all them badass motherfuckers. Yeah. You know what? It's, they used to take a lot of balls to grow weed. <laughs> I mean, honest, because you were up against it. If you got caught, you're like, yo, I'm probably going to do two to three years, right? It was mm -hmm. 99 plant rule, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, now the laws are so relaxed for a lot of people where you can actually have 12 plants in your home or eight, mm -hmm. right? In like California and all these places. But that's why you would see a lot of gangbangers and like hardcore guys growing mm -hmm. weed is because it's like, it took like a lot of risk. Right. There was a lot of, it was like, yo, if you fuck this up, if anyone catches you, mm -hmm. you're going immediately to jail. There's no like, yeah. oh, well, they were kind of my plants. And yeah. back then that was- Back then, yeah. the, the only people who took risks was gangbangers because they didn't give a fuck, right? If they get caught or whatnot, you know? So yeah, I learned it from them. And yeah, right when I caught on, like I blew everybody out of the water. They start coming asking me for, you know, advice and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That and the surfer white boys. Mm -hmm. I always used to see the white boy surfers with a light up, mm -hmm. you know, a couple lights up. What's your what's your preferred style of growing? Um, right now it's gotta be sea green, you know, sea green, um, commercial scale, you know. You're still doing soil. It's interesting. Yeah. It's like there's so many methods. You've tried a bunch of different ones. Uh yeah, I've I started off with soil. Soil and um yeah, uh started off with soil and uh I was always afraid of cocoa and rockwool. Because, you know, the hydro store, nah, soil is more forgiving, you know? But yeah. I wish I would have started the hard way. Yeah. It's the interesting like that, right? And it's like everyone kind of finds their path and what they enjoy or what they want mm -hmm. out of their smoke. 
and then just dives in deeper, right? Yeah. So you dive into cocoa and hydro. Yeah. So sea the, of green. I love the sea yeah, of green, yeah, bro. Sea I'm green. a huge sea of green yeah, guy. Because yeah. man, that's how you maximize your yield. You know, um, nice and tight. You know, no space in the canopy. Any open space, that's like a couple ounces deducted. You know what I mean? A couple pounds, depending on how big your facility is. So canopy is a big, it's, it's big. It's, you know, canopy control. From when you start to grow to when you actually start catching stride, where you're like, okay, I know, I know what I'm doing now. I'm kicking ass. How long does that take? Um, I honestly, um, before I went to, so I went to prison that first time, right? And then I also went to prison again, right, in 2011. So what happened? Like you, you, you split from your wife. You have some yeah. homies move in. Yeah, you start growing. Start helping people with their grows. Where's where's you from there? I was still a bad dude too because <laughs> were you still messing with meth and shit? No, no, no. Okay. I was no, no more meth. Um, I was just I was surrounded by a lot of gang members. You know, I didn't take. Yeah, I took part in some of the stuff. You know, so one day how I went to prison. We, I was uh, after the Super Bowl. And um, we're going home from Merced to Stockton. And um, I, I'm really protective of my friends, too. So this is a life learning for everyone, too, that's listening. Um, we're rolling down, you know, Central Valley on Highway 99. And there was a car next to us. And then, you know, we, we went fast. And then they went fast. We went slow. They went slow. They went slow. So it's like, you know, taunting each other, right? So then the... The homies in the back, like, dude, these guys need, like, these guys need, they, they need to die, whatever, right? I was like, what? So then I said, pull up. So I already committed this crime, so I already served the time, so I'm not afraid to tell it. Yeah, so we pulled up, and they were like, you know, hey, you fucking chinks, this and that. So I pulled out my, you know, my cuete, and then I just gave it to them. But luckily, um, I didn't hit them. So they pulled out, and they called the cops, and the cops had a be on the lookout so yeah they arrested me in modesto so from there <clears throat> i went to prison so luckily it was it was under row rage you know and um i went and did two years and a half so that's when my game really sharpened up like i went to school got my gd in prison and um there was a guy he was um there was a guy he was from santa cruz right He's in there for like 20, 30 years. He's a bank robber uh, from Santa Cruz. They called him the reggae bandit. So he'll pull up to the banks with a note in, on his bicycle, and he'll slide his note and rob, rob banks. So he got caught. He, he got away a few times, and he got caught. So I heard that he was a badass grower, right? So I approached him. He just turned me down, like turned me down. And then I would like get people that know him to go get at him, you know, okay, I'll give him some soups, you know, top ramen, like whatever, I want to learn because I'm about to get out too. So then two months later, finally he comes, hey, let me talk to you. So they're like, hey, look, man, um, I know you're really interested in my style of growing. This was like in 2012. And um, he's like, look, I'm going to be doing 20 more years here. And 
it don't look like I'm getting out anytime soon. All the knowledge I know, I don't think, you know, it's going to be worth anything when I come out. Right. So then he's like, look, check this out tomorrow, 8 a.m. Be in the day room. Me and you, we're going to, I'm going to draw everything up. What you need to know. Right. Be at 8, 8 a.m. or we won't ever have this conversation. 8 a.m. coffee, sitting in the day room. And then I was ready. So he came, he drew everything. It's crazy. He drew, he drew everything from like Rockwell, eight, you know, like uh, four by eight trays on drippers, um, how many lights per tray, how many plants per tray. So he's doing 16 plants under one light. So 16 plant, he said, you're expected to hit two ounces per plant, right? 16, 16 plus 16. No, 16 times two, that's two, two pounds per light or more, right? He gave me all that information, right? So that's like my golden ticket right there. Like, wow, I'm going to use this when I come out. So I got out in 2013 and the Chinese, you know, uh, from LA, they like, they knew who I was and they're like, hey, we'll get you a warehouse, do your thing. So, so I went in implement you know what i was taught you know uh in prison and i implemented they were a little bit short of money so they only wanted to do soil and hand water so i did that but we weren't pulling nothing so when they we started to pull nothing like for over a year like they just started to back out so they abandoned me with the warehouse by myself i never got paid one one dime so then I called uh, one of my friends that I just met, like, hey, bro, like, can you borrow like 3000 for me? Because my money is not here yet. So he's like, hey, yeah, I got you. When and, when and how you want it. So like tomorrow, my rent, you know, I got to pay rent. So he calls back like, hey, because he's in humble. Hey, you want to um, you want to do some like teens for me so I can haul it up there? I'll pay for your electricity. So I'm like, fuck it. So then uh, we just became partners. It was like organic. We became partners. And uh, I told him like, dude, I have this fucking badass blueprint that I always want to implement in the grow. I just need $15,000. Make it happen, please. So boom, we hustled some packs. We got everything on trays, four by four, four by eight trays, flood and drain on Rockwell Cube. Throw everything during that time, we grabbed uh, Super Sour D. Monster, yo, you know, we're killing it like on the flood and drain system, like everything looking like on steroids. So we're killing it. And then, um, that warehouse was in Stockton. Then one day, uh, one night, I was leaving home because my little brothers they were working for me, and I looked at them, they looked tired, beat up. Because usually we're about to harvest, so tell them sleep there. I'm like, nah, y'all just go home with me. So I took them home and then my landlord calls me the next morning, like hella early. Hey, they broke into your shop. You need to get here fast. And I was an hour away. So I fled over there. And then um, believe it or not, my doors were wide open. All my weed was dingling from the cyclone fence all over the train track. <laughs> Bums were oh running up and God. down with my weed and stuff. Yeah. Wow. So, boom, it was hot that day already. So police was rolling around. And it was like, fuck it, let's just chop everything. We chopped everything. And then, uh, boom, I see, we see a magazine, a 40 cal magazine in the grow. So lucky, um, we had trellis net. So anybody using trellis net, 
man, that security right there, they couldn't rip, they couldn't rip the trellis net. So they couldn't get much. They got a little piece only. But they dropped their clip. That's the day when like I realized, dude, my brothers, they would have died yesterday if I didn't take them home. So I was like, dude, there's no point of having a gun. So that's when I started getting into protection dogs, real canines from Chets, like check bloodlines and stuff like that, real biting dogs. So that's when I started getting those dogs. And then now I, I still have, you know, badass pedigree with me in the house 24-7, you know, anywhere, backyard, front, front yard, everything. Yeah. And they're biting. They bite. Yeah. Can you walk yeah. us through that day a little bit? Like you get the call. And oh, your yeah. landlord's like, yo, they broke in. You fly down there and you I, said there's bums. This guy was maxing his yeah. throttle out. That car was like, bro, can you imagine? That's why I said run us through because that day, you, I know what that's like. Yeah. I mean, imagine I had to drive a whole hour on the freeway just to get there, you know? Oh. It's like, I just didn't know what to think. Like, are they lying or is the cops there? An hour you know? is three hours. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. crazy. So, nah, it was crazy. But what was more crazy when we found that clip? You know, yeah. that's when I really thought like, you realize like, damn, these dudes came with guns. Yeah. They're ready to kill. Been here. You, you know? already went through that yeah. one time in your life yeah. too. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. And your thought then is, I so, so where did it go after that? After that day, you shut that shop down? Yeah. Or did you shut keep down. Going? Shut, Harvested everything. Yeah, completely. Like we're, so we're, where does it go from there? And then, and then also like talk to us a little bit about the dogs. Cause that's super interesting. And I think more people would be yeah, hey, interested yeah. to know about it, you know? Yeah. So how I see it is, man, you could have a gun, right? In the middle of the night, boom, double barrel shotgun in your face. You're like, well, what are you going to do, right? You're, you're stuck. But my dog is in the house 24-7, dude. Like, a lot of people are scared. They're, they fear, like, like, dogs, you know what I mean? Even, you know, they're scared. So, yeah, the dog will alert. The dog will bite before I even get up, you know what I mean? So that's why I have dogs. Yeah. What type so, of dogs are they? Uh, uh, German Shepherd canines. Yeah. And you said they're from? Chets. Yeah. Chets and Germany. Yeah. And so you dove right into that? You were just like, all right, dogs. Yeah. So, so what do you do? How do you get into that? Funny thing is I always drive past this fucking canine kennel, right? Uh, right there in Turlock, right? Because I, you know, my shop is Merced and Stockton. So I always drive by like canine training police dogs and stuff. So one day. I lied to my wife. I lied to my wife, like, hey, let's go to the flea market. I took my mom and my wife <laughs> to the flea market. But they didn't know I was planning, like, take them to the flea market, let them get happy, go straight to the canines. So I went there. Um, it's crazy because they had like a big old barn full of like German canines in there, right? Right when they saw me, dude, it was, it was crazy. Like that barn about to break. So I was like, oops, <laughs> I don't want to be in here. Yeah, I went to, and then I called them. They came in the front. What do you guys need? I was like, oh, you guys got any puppies for sale? <laughs> so, that, yeah, we got like about 30 of them, but we got a website. Just check out which one you like so we could pull. We don't want to pull out 30, right? So, they pulled out a couple. My mom was like, oh my God, my mom loved them. So, we were all on the way home. She liked the, the, the puppy more than me. Oh, just get it. Just get it. Already so, trained? Uh, no. Not, not trained, trained no, yet. Not trained, but they, the pedigree. They're bred to, you know. Okay. Protect. Yeah. So it's in their bloodline. Yeah. Natural. So, so yeah. So I got my dogs and then, you know, I, I went to take them, go, you know, protection school, all kind of stuff, obedience and all that. So. So you, you took them to get trained and you went with them and. 
Yeah. So sometimes when you take them to boarding, then they go, they get shipped out for like a month or two, depending. And then they come back, you know, level headed. You know, they could be around people without biting, bite on command, whatnot, you know, that type of stuff. I train for them to bite from the inside of the house. So anybody come in, yeah, they know how to attack it from the inside of the house on to the outside. But on the outside, they're not. No, they, 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 they attack out there too, but on command. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. But it, it costs a lot of money, you know, a lot of money to get your dog to be like tough, like, even though they what have you, What are you talking? Like, just like. Listen to everything, every command you say. How much you talking for that? Huh? How much would that cost? Roughly money wise. Oh man, like what do you maybe think? up to twenty bands. Yeah. Yeah. And then cost, time too. Yeah, time, everything. And how many dogs do you have trained like that? Um, during that time I had two, but I only trained my male. And then my male passed away. So I have a new one from a different kennel that's a better kennel, more fast, you know, better agility and bigger and stronger. Yeah. So, so those dogs, they, they got different. So you learned a lot about it just by sending your dog to to get boarded and trained and yeah. all that and then come back and. Yeah, use it on my daily life, you know, because I have kids and stuff like, you know, people are hungry out there. You just don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's like having a security guard with yeah. you at all times. Ah, yeah, it's, fucking, no one wants mm, to fuck with a German Shepherd. Mm, yeah, I'm sure that. And, so, and then they know that, like, yo, this thing's going after yeah. you. It's not just the normal dog hanging out. You have out. to come in shooting, and then no one wants to do that. Mm -hmm. They're going to be robbing shit. They don't want, want to come in shooting because mm. the dog's not going to be quiet. No, no, definitely not. You They'll know? alert you already, you know. That's why I call my dog AK-47 because I can't have a gun. <laughs> I've been in prison. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my AK for seven. Come in. <laughs> Come in. Welcome. <laughs> Bro, that's funny as fuck. That's hilarious. I'm glad we didn't do it at your spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Because those dogs just sit there and watch you, and you're just like, yo, is it cool or not? Nah? Like, I don't know. I'd have fed him an egg roll. Yeah, we'd have been, we'd have been pals. That's wild. So, so you get into that. How many years? I mean, you just, that's just a lifestyle now. Yeah. I mean, it's not a lifestyle because fuck, I'm like in the, like, I got to do my branding and all that. It takes a lot of time. Like every day got to, you know, I go to the gym too. Like, it's just, it's really tough, you know, to train dogs, go to training, you know, work out, go do branding and stuff like that. Networking and stuff. It's hard, so, you know? But focus shit. Who more. said it was easy for it though? <laughs> <laughs> Big Mike definitely didn't say it was easy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. It's just got to be worth it. But man, I mean, so you get out, you're hitting your stride. You partner with this dude now. Talk yeah. to us, like what? What's you know? Because yes. this is before the brand and all that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure you yeah. know. So yeah. So um. So before I went to prison. All the monks, they only grow indoor and it was all Asian, like gangs only, right? The, the older people, they didn't like the older folks, like mom and dad, they never did it. So I come out and this new partner of mine, he, he lives in Humboldt, right? And uh, uh, I forgot what that city was called, but it's a little town uh, in Humboldt. And um, yeah, and a lot of like the older, like, Mom and dads, they're cultivating. I'm like, what the fuck? They used to like, hey, son, don't be going out there smoking weed, growing weed like all them gangsters. Now they're up there, you know what I mean? Growing like thousands of pounds, you know? 
So like what, you know, the cannabis like industry don't know, but some do know that a lot of this cannabis is produced by Hmong people. Yeah. From all over. Yeah. And we were never recognized, you know, for it. Um, you know, locations like Trinity Pines, Weed, um, Doris, you know, Susanville, Oklahoma, uh, Oregon, uh, Michigan, everywhere, you know. In the thick of it. Yeah. In like, the I thick mean, of that's it. people have to really know, like they're, I mean, putting in the work on the mountains and doing yeah. like real work. Yeah. Behind the scene, you know, great nobody knows. Great quality at a mm -hmm. high scale. Right. And typically, yeah, family mm -hmm. business. Yeah. So one thing like about Hmong people, uh, we come from an agriculture background. So, you know, cultivating, like if you didn't, you know, plant no rice fields, you wouldn't have been able to eat. You didn't plant vegetables back then. You weren't able to. So it was just from that thing to growing again. So it's like normal, you know, like it was in our blood to cultivate, you know. And so there's a deep culture that runs through NorCal and all that. Yeah, deep. Even Anza, you know, shout out to all, you know, I know a lot of badass motherfuckers that came out of Anza, California, you know. Mm -hmm. I know you guys know. And I shout out to them. And now they're doing big things too in LA, you know. So I'm really proud of them. Um, but yeah, so Hmong, they're pretty thick in this, you know, culture as well. Yeah. That no, like they don't get recognized for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like the Armenians in the valley. Yeah. They yeah like, same thing. You like realize like, damn, they like run cannabis in, yeah, in, a lot of in culture. SoCal. Yeah. A lot of yeah. culture. That's what the coolest part about cannabis mm -hmm. is yeah. like every culture, every culture has carved out a niche. Every culture. And it's all different. Right. It's all different. And they're each good at different things. Right. And when you really start to understand the game, it's like you get, you start to get it. You're like, mm, oh right. shit. Okay. Right. I understand. You know? And uh, so you're, you're doing your thing. You're doing trays now. You change the setup. This guy's thing's being enacted. Are you still with that same partner? I mean, like, what happened? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not with him no more. You know, what I happened? Mean, like, we, we fell off. You know, it's just, you know, um, uh, you know, we grew to know each other a little bit too much to where, you know, like we have our own, like, you know, our little different path that we want to go. He wants to choose a different path, and I do, and you know we just split up. But but uh, not on bad terms. So, yeah, that's good. Where where so where do, where does it lead to for you after? Oh that? yeah, so with that partner, so man, I'm like George Cervantes always said on YouTube, you go down a dirt road in Humble, buy a pound for a thousand, drive it to L.A., make one hundred dollar. That's how you make one hundred dollar in one hundred dollar a day. If motherfuckers caught that smoke, they would have been rich, right? I wish I caught that smoke when I saw that, you know, back then when George Cervantes was saying that, you know? So, so yeah. That's crazy oh, He shit. was, think about how he was risking saying shit like that a long time mm -hmm. ago. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's direct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that not was, even like that was That's why he's going to go ahead and be a savage. Mm -hmm. Most people, if you ask him, yo, what's the one book I should read about cannabis? And it's the Grow Bible, <laughs> Grow Bible. by Jorge, Jorge Cervantes, because he's the OG of OGs, like. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we have his book. Yep. Here's yeah. <laughs> Come on now. So, so, so yeah, you, you're doing your thing, you know, and all that. And so when's it come into four thumbs and shit? When do you start like deciding like, you know what? 
you know, I want to, I'm going to hit the shelves. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put things in bags. I'm going to start, you know, doing these, uh, different breeding projects you got going on, right? You got a lot going on. So I want to lead up into that and kind of start explaining that to everybody, you know, all these different things you have going. Yeah. So like I, I went full circle, like damn near, you know, I had a nursery in my garage selling clones. Um, I did, you know, hoop houses. I did outdoor. I did indoor grows. I was like managing like multiple spots in different areas. It went crazy. So <clears throat> like when I started getting some really good genetic was um, when I went to Emerald Cup. And um, the first time I went to Emerald Cup, that was uh, when Dio and them, they came and they bought the OZK. So I went for Skittles, you know. Matt Fields, and uh, I was like, hey, what's, can I get some OZK? And he's like, dude, they're all sold out, bro. So during that time, I didn't know nothing about the C game. I didn't know I pulled up at 1 o'clock. Like, dude, those people, op- they were there before the gate even opened. So then Fields told me, look, the next best thing is the Z3. So I bought a pack of that. And like, I think for four or 500 bucks, but. Me and Phil's, you know, we, we had a little cool talk, you know. So I went home, popped those. It didn't turn out right for me. And um, so then I went and I met um, Exotic Genetic, Mike. Yeah. So I met Mike. Um, I met Mike and the first time, it was at Emerald Cup too. Everybody's like, hey, check that dude out. Hey, he got bomb ass cookies and cream, you know. I'm like, fuck. He's not even, he's not even burnering them. Why he's selling like, you know, cookies, you know. But shit, his show was fire, you know? So, the original hash washing stream. Mm-hmm. So I met uh, Mike at High Times uh, after that, and I talked to him a little bit. He had like the chocolate chip and, uh, um, and the cookies and cream. He entered one. And um, yeah, from there, from there, um, yeah, so from there, you know, Away from all that scene, I, I bought some milk and cookies and stuff like that. So the gen, the phenos that I was finding, like the donkey butters, everything was fucking fire, right? So I started making clones, selling it, you know, nursery. And that's when it started, like, I started seeing, like, you know, when the ice cream came, cake came out from Seed Junkie, I bought those seeds, everything started getting fire. And then my boy was like, hey, you should start a brand, you know? And I'm like, fuck. What should I call it? You know, you're like, dude, call it four thumbs. Eh? There's nobody that has four thumbs like you. So, yeah, that's what I did. So I called it four thumb. Yeah. You knew right away when he said it? You were um, like, no, that's I it. had to sleep on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I was bullied, remember? Yeah. Four that's why I had to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how does it feel to be able to like own it and just not mm-hmm. give a fuck and just like, you know, uh, free yourself? I'm really grateful. These are my little homies. Yeah. Yeah, I respect them a lot. Like, I even went and got a nail thing done before I came to the show. So, <laughs> my man, yeah. that's fucking awesome, bro. And talk, so, talk about some of these crosses because you gifted us some hats called RS11 crosses. Like, what's yeah. the motivation behind that? So, um, yeah, uh, I thought that, like, so I retired from cultivating. Uh, our spots got raided. So, um, so I just went into trapping. For the past like four years, just trapping, straight trapping. And uh, it, it kind of got lonely. It got really lonely. Like I kind of stepped away from the culture. And um, 
I was just at home one day, like this was like when the RS11 dropped. I was just thinking like, fuck, I should do a nursery again, you know? But where do I start? Yeah, so I was wearing my LA Kush hat I bought from LA. And then uh, I was in Costco because that was my uh, wedding day. I'm in there. I went in. You know, Asian people, they do. I bought like $2,000 worth of alcohol, hard liquor, beer. And I'm, I'm in the, so like everybody noticed me. So there's a guy, they noticed me, but I noticed them too. But I didn't say nothing. So as I was like dulling out my uh, alcohol to the parking lot, a dude, that dude, he pulls up. He's like, hey, I like the LA Kush hat. And then I came up to him, like, everybody want to network, right? So I'm like, fuck, let's network. So I talked to him, and he's like, hey, what's up, man? Like, you know, I'm looking for trim. I own a smoke shop downtown. Come by, you know. But then we clicked right away, you know, exchanged number. And then uh, one day he was coming up to Sacramento, and I was, I was growing in Anza. So, no, I couldn't move my packs. So he was in town. I was like, hey, come check it out. So then I misunderstood him. He didn't want to buy pack. He wanted to buy the trim. You know, because he does like distillates and stuff like that. So he came over and he's like, well, I don't buy packs, but like, do you have the trim of this quality? I said, oh, yeah, I got hella pounds, you know. So then, you know, I made the effort to, you know, bring it all the way from Anza to Merced. Gave it all to him and he gave me money. And then from there, like, he knows that I flip packs. So then somebody starts uh, like um, sh uh, shatter shots from Modesto. All these are the underground sessions, right? That I know that you guys been um, keeping, like not keeping up, but been hearing about. So he started doing those shows and he's selling like crazy carts out the window, you know? He's like, hey, bro, like, I think it'd be dope if you come like, you know, me sell flour on my booth. So people will actually come and look at my cart, like one-stop shop. So I'm, like, ah, I'm kind of shy, dude. And then he kept bugging me. And, uh, Till this day, shout out to uh, Weezy Wonka. Like, you really actually put Fort Thumb on the map, for real. Like, he gave me a little bit of leash. He was a brother to me, you know? So, I was just sitting, a, I was standing in a dark corner at the sesh, you know? Like, everybody walked by, hey, how much, hey? And I just sell it hella cheap. And it's finally at the end, like, so, hey, how much is a, a half a pound? And I just threw a number out there and he bought it, right? But... That half price was actually the price for the full pound. And he bought half. I was like, oh, shit, this is cool. And then uh, I went home the next week. You know, Weezy Wonka got back at me like, hey, what's up? You want to go again? I was like, nah, I don't think so. I don't think that's for me, you know. And um, so after that, I slept the next day. I left that shit. Like, what do I have to lose? You know what I mean? Fuck it if I don't make no money. I might meet some people, cool people. It might take me places. So from there, I said, fuck it. Let me get a table, you know what I mean, next to you. So I bring 20 pounds, right? <laughs> I'll start fucking selling pounds at the set. And then from there, um, I start getting people, like, uh, they start telling me, like, hey, you got to go to Sacramento, bro. Like, like hit up 1130 Club, uh, Weed All Star, Orbit, uh, Royal Dav. Shout out to all those guys, too, man. Shatter Shots, the real one. Shout out to all them. And that was the rise of Fort Thumb right there, you know. That's when I started getting all my, like, you know, logos and stuff. Shout out to Sticker Farmer. They were the ones that got me on all my logos and all my packaging, you know. And so I went up. So now I hear that there's bigger shows in Sacramento. So I go there just at the front door. Like, hey, uh, where's the owner, the host, you know. And then Jose, 
from uh, Weed All Star. And then he was like, hey, yeah, you could vent. Hey, we ready right now. I was like, oh, shit. I'll come back like the next one. So, boom, I came back. And then from that sesh, I went to 1130, another different session sack. And then I just moved to sack, started freaking doing all the sesh. So that's why, that's, that's when I started to blow up was from Sacramento. And, um, and that's when everybody started knowing who Fourth Thumb was. So shout out to Sacramento. I love you guys. Um, yeah, from there, um, one, of the, uh, one of the hosts, his name is Raj. Uh, shout out to Raj Royal Dab. Um, he's like, hey, Fourth Thumb, dude, I went to do Secret Session in LA, dude. We make, you know, big money. So he's like, look, I'll hook you up with two tone, you know, tone, right from Secret Session. Shout out to Tone as well. So I came down here by myself, left my wife, everybody, my family, my homies, that, my roommates that they live with. I came down here by myself. Yeah. Grab some shit from Anza. Hit up all these sessions here. Dude. Like I was selling. I was session vending next to uh, Garrison Lane, you know, Five Point LA. At one time, maybe with Backpack Boys and them, like some people that are big in the game now. Like we were like side by side at one point in time, you know, when Billy Kimber came out. You know, shout out to Backpack Boys and them. They were the first ones that I saw that had the lemon cherry, you know? Lemon cherry gelato. It was from the sesh. They were there every fucking time the sesh was popping, selling lemon cherry. Yeah. Until he got famous. A lot of good brands born from uh, sashes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then that's when I came here. And then um, I, 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 I was not, like, stable here. So I would like trap out of my Airbnb. So I, so I was in Pomona, West Covina. Freaking Costa Mesa. I was everywhere, like just a new Airbnb every every month, you know. And then until I got tired of it, like, and then my homie was uh moving out. He's like, hey, you want to take over my house? So that's why I'm here today. Oh yeah, so you moved your family down? Uh I was living two houses, so one in Sac and LA. So I was back and forth trapping, you know, Sac and down here. But definitely um down here, you know. LA, they show me a lot of love, a lot of love, you know, and uh, I really appreciate that. Yeah. And down here, like, it's not like sack. How do you start meeting? I mean, you, you went to, so you met Doja, you start to meet all these other big brands. Yeah. And obviously hollow tips, which we got it laid out some fire products. I mean, yeah. Stuff. How'd you, you know, start when in your life did you go? Cause I mean, you come from one radical, one extreme to the next. And it's like, you're talking about early 20s, late teens, you know, coming off that, you know, drug addiction run yeah. or that you, it let, lands you in prison. And then now I see you how your life's kind of is now. And I can only imagine that it's all good people. Yeah. You now, know, you got all good people around you now. Yeah. Surrounded by really good people. Now. What was the shift for you in that? Um, Just, you know, because that means like you're a good person. Typically. So at one point of time, um, when I was trapping out here, I started feeling sick. Like not sick, but I was not myself. And uh, in, in our culture, we believe in shamanism, right? So you go to a shaman and they will look at you and they'll speak to the higher, you know, up. So they told me that if you want your life to be back to normal. You have to change your ways. You have to be a good person. You got to love your family, be it the man of the house. You got to love the people around you. Once you do that, you won't have that like depression or like no motivation. Like 
once you start doing sadness. that. Sadness. Yeah. You know what yeah. it is, man? You know what that is? What is it? That you're feeling? It's lack of love. Yeah. You don't have yeah. no love in your life. Yeah. I was out here by myself. Like, Ain't for no months. Love. This, this game is a cold-ass yeah. fucking game. And when you're a man, uh, oftentimes you're you're basically a soldier at war. Mm -hmm. You're you're a hunter, a gatherer, whatever you want to call it. When you're in this game, you're definitely a soldier at war. Yeah. There's no no one can say any different that yeah. is a true player, you know. So that lack of love, that shit'll eat you alive, bro. Yeah. And thank God that mm -hmm. you went and found it and didn't mm -hmm. go back to drugs. Yeah, because most people don't make it. They right. just end up going back to fucking drugs. Yeah. You know, but you own your own and your shit. Like that's dope, and I that's why I like recommend spirituality for mm -hmm. people too. Because yeah. it's like it'll give you that baseline where you can be think outside of yourself. You know what I mean? Beyond yourself, mm -hmm. and really know that this shit's bigger than me. Like I don't yeah. need to like get down on my little things that I got going on because there's people always with worse conditions. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. That's dope that you were able to do that and make that happen. It's the hardest part to steer the ship the other way. Yeah. Turn yeah. it around from where. But it was I know what on. you're talking about. And like, I can relate. Like, mm -hmm. that's so it's dope that you found that. Like, so what'd you do? Like, that you met your, your, your first wife in, uh, church and this yeah. one you met she was a pen pal or what no or what no was she was it? not no, a oh, pen you pal. knew a Facebook. You knew yeah, her yeah, Facebook. But, uh, Facebook. I'm, I actually met her at a party when I got out of prison. Yeah, it's crazy. I was skinny. But I fell in love with her. She's our age, you know. She's my wife now. We have three kids together. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, bro. Yeah. What's it like being a dad? Uh, I love it. Like, after work, you know, I, I feed them, take them to school, you know, get in the grow room, look at the babies, go to the grow room, take care of everything, come back, you know. So it's, they're, they're, they're my energy. They're my inner strength. So, like, maybe if I was single, maybe I'm not driven like that, but because I have to put, food on the table and a roof over their head like that's my drive every day i think about my kids like yeah, gotta do it you know that's awesome yeah oh, that's yeah. really that's dope. deep purpose for real yeah so, so where's it go from here man and let's yeah. talk about these collaborations and projects and seeds that you got out yeah here. so um so yeah so back to uh when i did high time sacramento that was like the first high times in sacramento state capital of california right so um yeah, me and Exotic Genetic, um, I, I, I went and bought Alien Labs biscotti, and I had my biscotti, and then I, Alien Lab, they, um, they entered theirs in the cup, but I didn't enter mine, and then I went to Exotic Genetic, like, hey, smoke these, like, which one you think is better, because they're both biscotti, and then he pointed at mine, you know, hey, mad respect for Alien Lab and them, you guys are doing your thing, you know, I'm not even nowhere close to you guys. But shout out to you guys. Um, so he's like, that one. And then he's like, hey, since I'm in uh, Washington and you're close around here, maybe you could get like, you know, more of the gelato and stuff. And, um, you know, maybe you could send me some cuts, you know. So I'm like, shit, if you like that biscotti, you know, the I'll, I'll have cuts soon. So I sent the biscotti to him with the peanut butter breath and ice cream cake. That's what I sent him in the biscotti. So when he got the biscotti, he, um, he did multiple breedings with the uh, mint chocolate chip, uh, rainbow chip, and it became Scotty to Hottie. And then he crossed the Scotty to Hottie with um, um, Runts and then made Vice City. So that's why I brought you Vice City is one of the ones that I hunted and I call it Halloween candy. 
So, oh, let me see. It's one of these in here. But I call it Halloween candy because it has runts in it. It has chocolate in there. It has Skittles in there from the RS-11. So I was just thinking like, damn, this is like, whenever you look at a Halloween pack of candy, like at Walmart, dude, it's everything in that bag, one-stop shop. So yeah, so it, it expressed all that. So there's a little flower in there with seeds and stuff. So maybe bless you to pop them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop them too. Exotic oh, Genetic yeah. asked for some. So I sent him some as well too. Yeah. And I actually, that was the one that I passed out at Doja's permanent marker drop. And I was out there just, you know, getting free seeds of it. You know, shout out to Mike, man. You got to tell him that uh, we need him to get on, get him on the show. Yeah, yeah Mike. exotic genetics. Hey. People, oh, been, Mike. people oh, been yeah, asking. Yeah, yeah. People, people ask. Yeah, man. Hey, Mike. I know, I know you out in Seattle, but uh, hey, you got to come down. Come he down said he would. He said yeah. he would. Yeah. So we got to make oh, it he, happen. Oh, he knows. Call him. I need you calling him every day. <laughs> he's a <laughs> legend. Yeah. He's a legend in cannabis. He's he like is the macho. He's the macho man of cannabis. Yeah. Like yeah. for real, like he's like a legend. Like that's where his place is. Like yo, that's the macho man that yeah. like that he, drives a Ferrari. I think he, he <laughs> you know won, something like that. For I real. think he won like damn near thirty cups. Bro, yeah. the guy. I mean, his collabs with mm -hmm. Cuban Hash Grower are to this day mm -hmm. some of the gnarliest, biggest wins. Like craziest hash. The, those guys. I mean, he's the original breeder, in my opinion, of like high end hash strains. Mm -hmm. Where people could grow the grease monkey and it's dumping. That's yeah. why you see when I remember when Wizard Trees first went on at GM3. That was the yeah, grease yeah, monkey. Yeah, three. yeah, like, yeah. Exotic genetics is behind so many yeah, brands. Exactly. Fire. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's an and, OG. And he got a cool story too. And I know that for sure. And he's he, just a cool guy. Yeah, he like, is. He's, yeah. Bro, he's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so that's dope though that you you start to link up with all the right people though yeah. like exotic the genetic, I mean legend yes you know what I'm saying now you have the RS11 crosses which Wait. is almost like a triple collab yeah it's like a, <laughs> like Doja Dio uh, Wizard Tree times exotic genetic <laughs> crazy with a little part of me in it like from the biscotti you know so like I was like you know I always watch Dio his his podcast too you know like he's like dude you can't fucking just take somebody's cut and and another person's cut and then breed it and call it your own. Like, you got to breed from your fucking source, you know? And I don't want to be one of those motherfuckers, like, just take people's shit, you know what I mean? So I feel like I had a little part in the Vice City, you know, with Exotic Genetics five years ago. And I brought those seeds. And then I reversed the RS-11 and I hit the Vice City. A lot of stuff. I hit a lot of stuff, like Jealousy. Banana cream jealousy times uh, cherry gelatos, uh, the the original jealousies, um, lot of shit. Even with uh, Hollow Tip Mike, we did a collab on the nineteen eleven. You know, so that's his thirty eight special times RS eleven, and um, the RS eleven. No, his uh, thirty eight special is actually the animal face from Sea Junkie since Chalice. So during Oof. Chalice, um, my, uh, Mike from Hollow Tip was there. And he bought 10 packs of the animal face, right? Out of those 10 packs, he was pheno hunting some, and then he gave all the babies to an uh, Asian lady <laughs> to baby them, right, while he's hunting. And um, when he came back, they all died. There was only like three alive. Three alive, and one was the shining star. And he built hollow tip off that 38 special. Uh, it was the animal face. And then and we're, while we were coming here, the Emerald Cup that just won first place fig farm was the animal face. And he has a different pheno of it. Looked just like the Mac 1 Frosty. That's a banging Gas. cross. Yeah. See Junkie Crusher with yeah. that. 
So yeah. we hit that. We the RS11 hit that. So one day I <laughs> I was at the Doja drop before anybody had RS11 flowers. Is it, it's Sea Junkie, yeah. Which one? Animal face. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Sorry. I'm I'm over there at Doja's uh you know spot in Hollywood, and um, a, a Wizard Tree was dropping uh his first batch of RS11 in a long time ever since the clone drop, right? I go there, I bought some from them, and then I brought it back, and I knew Mike, and I was like, hey, hey, smoke this. What you think? And I was like, hey, maybe we should do some breeding with your 38 with RS11, you know? But that was before I bought it, so I gave it to him, and um. He went and smoked it like two days later. He smoked it. And he was high. But he was thinking right. So we're like, he was like, hey, how about 38 divided by two? That's 19. 11. 19, 11. Because he built his company off of ammunition and guns. The mob 9 millimeter, 9-11. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dope. and we already that did that dope. breeding already. We already got it. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 we're fino hunting it now. So wow. how's it how's it all turning now? Uh we don't know yet. Uh we're still early on. For all the RS eleven crosses? Yeah. Okay. right now, like is it's very new. You know, it's because of, you know, it's hard to, you know, hunt, you know, uh in a smaller area and stuff. But um, you know, me and Mike, we have plans of uh getting a facility dedicated only for pheno hunting and breeding. So what I like to do is while I hunt. Like I, I chuck a badass pollen already onto my pheno hunt, right? Kill two birds with one stone. Why wait until you find a good pheno, right? And then, then get the breeding going on. When I think this bitch is bad or that dude's bad and fucking throw the pollen. And then when I find out which one's keeper, hey, I already made a different one, right? And then anything that don't make the cut on the pheno hunt breeding, just toss it, throw it away. I won't even give it up. You interesting yeah. okay you get it so like yeah, kill yeah. two bird with one stone interesting mm-hmm. what is what's the strain that you brought in the seed pack right there what crosses oh that? this one this one is uh this is rs11 times gas face number one so uh it's from one of my fan um pac-man j from uh washington dc so he bought these seeds from us uh, sea junkie um when he dropped the gas face and i and he took it to washington i i saw his instagram I was like, dude, see, Junkie, they've been posting up a lot about the gas face, but your gas face is fucking different, bro. Frosty. You know, it looked like unicorn when you break it up color. You know, purple, pink, white, you know? So I was like, dude, hey, what's up? Let's do a trade. So he was like, uh, I said, I gave him three options. Either sell it for me for a high ticket or you trade or we do a collab for seats, right? He's like, fuck it, let's trade Kong. So yeah, so that breeding is done already. I think um, the quality of it on the smoke, it's a high quality smoke on the gas face as well. It's like damn near same level as RS11. So for me, I don't like to breed down straight up. Only breed same level or up because I don't have time to waste, you know? And most of the genetics I get is like proven already or it's been in bags, you know? So I'm actually, my next one uh, we're doing is... uh, you know, we're, we're, we're pheno hunting the 30, the, the 1911s, all the R11 crosses, and uh, we're going to hit everything with the ADL. Yeah. 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 ADL back to RS, ADL to 38, ADL to OGs, ADL to fucking all kinds of stuff that we have. And then just hunting them down, trying and to find And then hunting the them down again and zeroing <laughs> yeah. them out, you know? So whatever 
that comes on the market that's dope, we'll fucking hit that with whatever we're breeding. It's a lot of work. It's a lot it's of a work. It's a lot of back end work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we might. So is that where your main focus has been at lately? Yeah, just breeding. So fucking, I make money. It's just like uh, Randy Lanier, right? He 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 flip packs to do his NASCAR racing, right? <laughs> it's for a hobby, right? So that's me. Like I'm I'm making money to just put it all to my breedings, you know. <laughs> Crazy passion, right? <laughs> but like I say, every brand needs a badass breeder. You know, even Burner knows it. Even all those big guys, everybody they know. Yeah, who got the best beers hit. that's gonna create the new wave is gonna win for that brand. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm working really hard. Me and Mike from Hollowtail working really hard. You know, he's already created. He's already have the 38, but we're trying to create something better. You know, with his genetics. That's dope, man. Mm -hmm. And further in the process, because some of those cuts no one else is able to get. So the only way you can actually hunt down crosses is through seeds and yeah, stuff. Seeds, you know, it's yeah. like some people aren't going to give the cut up. And so the only right. way to actually hunt something is the offspring. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Any man. other collaborations or things you want to talk about? I know you got some shout outs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know so, you got some shout outs. You know, there, there's a few guys, you know, in the game I want to do collaborations with. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I definitely want to do a collab with Five Points LA with the Billy Kimber. For sure, that's like number one on my list. I want to do a collab with Fire Farmer. I think me and him, we think alike. Um, Doja. I'm sure, homie, you hold it down. Yeah, Doja. Shout out to Fire Farmer. <laughs> Shout out Fire Farmer. Yeah. Doja. Sweet you retreat. Know, Doja, you know, told me, you know, he want to do one with me, you know. So yep. shout out to Doja. Um, Get that I want to do, you know, one with Wizard Tree as well. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say. <laughs> Hit that it's called giraffe pussy. Giraffe, my bad. <laughs> he said cheetah pussy. <laughs> <laughs> my said, bad. You got he me said get him. that cheetah pussy. <laughs> Hold on, man. That's hard oh, to catch. Fuck. That was harder to catch. That was oh, a fast one. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I, I thought that was a strain name. My bad. Giraffe. Bro, my oh, bad. my gosh. Yeah, giraffe You know how like Shout giraffe out Doja. pussy. <laughs> and it's ZZY. Let me know, you know when you need the next names. I'm, I'm coming through, <laughs> oh, bro. Man. I got some good ones. He got a good cross name for you guys. <laughs> yeah. You might have to do a spinoff of that. The RS11, yeah, the RS11 yeah. times the giraffe pussy. Yeah, that cheetah pussy. Oh. <laughs> 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 Hey, that's dope. Hyper mode. Yeah, that's oh. dope. I love that. You know, so Dota, let's do something with that giraffe pussy. Yeah, you know? Let me hunt this down. Like, I don't expect no free handout. You know, I want to earn this shit. Yeah. You know, I don't expect no free handout for no one. Yeah. Yeah. Who else, man? You yeah. were going down. Yeah. Those you want to collab with? Who else? Uh, Wizard Tree. Oh, man. Yeah. Scott, Wizard man. Tree. Make it happen, yeah. bro. Come on. Um, Nine Weeks Harvest, you know. Oh, Julio. Yeah. That's okay. my boy, too. Um. Yeah, party one day with C Junkie, you know, Pops and C uh, and JBZ, you know. Shout and, out to JBZ. Yeah. We've been trying to get him on the show, mm -hmm. man. We're so, trying to get him on the show. You know, I want to do something with, you know, some of the top guys in the yeah. breeding. Um, the reason why I'm doing this, you know, hopefully, I become someone die a legend in this game. You know. Well, you want to know how? Stop saying hopefully. <laughs> let's do it. Come on, man. Yeah, let's do go. it. Let's hear you say it one time. Let's do it. <laughs> no, no. What was it? What'd oh, you say? Hopefully. Nice. No, what'd I you say after hopefully legend. though? I'm gonna die a legend. Yeah, in this die game. a legend. Yeah. Let's hear it though. Let's, I yeah. want to hear you say it. Yeah, I want to die a legend in this game. Take yeah. one out. I'm yeah. gonna die a yeah. legend in this game. I'm gonna die a legend. 
in this game. In this game. I like that. See that? Yeah. Dog, when you, when you say it differently, you feel it differently. Yeah. Affirmations. Whole different type of energy. <laughs> I think you I'm kind of humble, though. right? So, like, I don't want to. It's not be even cocky. about being <laughs> humble, though. It's a fear. Yeah. Here's it's fear. the path now. Just walk it. Some real shit, though, is like, it's scary to be successful at what you dream of doing. So a lot of that times it's fear. Yeah. And you got you'll hold yourself back. You'll put yourself down. You'll keep yourself at a lower level on purpose. Because if you analyze your behavior, and I'm just talking from my from my own experience, my own life, you analyze your behavior looking back, you're like, damn, I could have could have done more. I could have, mm -hmm. you know, I could have whatever. Could have bounced back quicker. Mm -hmm. Could have, you know, whatever. It's like we always look back and that's usually the case, but do it, own it. You're, you're here today, bro. It's your time to shine. Yeah. So, you know, you got your names on the bags and you're living, you're living your life, bro. You're living your brand. You're living your life true to you. So props to you, man. And, and having good people around you. Special shout out to yeah. the hollow tips. Yeah. Yeah. yeah appreciate you know, that. Big shout, shout out, out, big yeah. ups, real big yeah. dog behind the scenes over there with that, like yeah. real innovation. All these products have like so many things behind him. My man unscrewed this and he was like, look, this is a magnet for your fridge. Oh, not the that one. one. That's the, oh, not uh, this yeah, one. Yeah, this one, this one. Here, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, check this out. I mean, I was so impressed by this. Is like, like, you know, this is Bro. this could be a magnet for the fridge. He said it could be a shot glass. Um, you can take this. This it's you know, like a out right stopper. here. It's like a plastic. It's like and this could be for a little a shot glass. A little uh, plant though, as well. Yeah, plant, yeah. So dope. You know, crazy. So, so real innovation. Thought. There's a lot yeah, behind these products. Going to waste. Even the packaging, the box, you could roll. You know, exactly. You open it, show yeah. us all. And you know, just really impressive by the product, and then especially like the gifts. I mean, appreciate it, bro. It's crazy. Like I'm gonna definitely take this off and put this up after this. And this is uh, <laughs> this is this is dope, man. For real, this has been a real dope experience. And yeah. What what about shout outs? I know you got some shout outs too. Dude, I got so many shout outs, shout man. Outs. But straight up, man, first and foremost, shout out to my wife. Day Real and day one. Out. All right, smart you know, man. Smart man. Like, um, she let me, you know, it's hard for her. She got to take care of all the kids while I'm out here, you know, trying to please everybody in the game, you know? And uh, I work hard, take a lot of risks, you know? But at the end of the day, this is why I'm here for, you know, to do this. I was built to do this. And a straight up shout out to uh, Mike and uh, Holotip, Nam, everybody from Holotip. You know, they, they saw something in me and they believed in me and they sponsored me to be in this podcast. So shout out to everybody from the Holotip team. Bro, you, this, yeah. this is some fresh, sticky OG. <laughs> I just opened this up and I'm like, yo, That's this, for you. Is, this is like. A week or two off the vine, sticky good. Like, give that a squeeze and a smell. That's some nice, oh, man. Yes. That, I haven't seen a lot of OG with that no. nice. No, that's beautiful, man. Not a lot of OGs making the cut. And I can mm. already tell this shit will give you some anxiety real quick. <laughs> uh, I think that will bring you back to like probably the first time you had OGs. Yeah. God, it's got it's a great fresh. nose, man. And it's fresh. It's so beautiful. So, me and Mike, we're, um, we're hunting down like, you know, the essays, all of them. From you know all over LA for the top top OGs, and we want to breed off of that. Or if we don't, we want to rebreed the OGs, like because there's different types. We want to rebreed them. We think what's dope, what this one don't have, this one have. You know, for me, it has to be 
you know, high pitch. When you open it, like the film right in your face, you want to do like 20 cartwheels. And um, you got to be piney, lemony, you know, citrusy, and got reeking in your face. This that's is what, what people look for in OG. Mm-hmm. This is exactly yeah, what Yeah, and then that's like, uh, like more maybe on the mellower side, like Billy Kimber's like high, like it's in your face. You know? But yeah, that one, it will definitely take you to back in the days. Oh, bro. Beautiful, man. Honestly. And I love the way this folds out to a rolling tray. I mean, so much dope shit going on with the brand. That's a really cool collab you guys got going. Yeah. So, um, you know, me and Mike, you know, we have a buddy. He's from Killer, uh, uh, Killer OG. So he, um, yeah, he brought a lot of, he gave me a lot of samples uh, to give to you guys because these guys, they're like natives from Los Angeles. They've been tracking down all these OGs back in the days. Like, you know, like, so they know the game. They done s- sort out all the bad ones and only kept the good ones in the stable, you know, and they had these since like, you know, the early 2000s and they still have it till this day. They grow damn near nothing but OGs, you know what I mean? There's still a group of people, a large group of people that that's all they want is OGs. So, you know, that's why me and Mike, you know, we want to create something. Something like, I think it ain't going to be too different, but hopefully we could connect all the dots, right? That people are missing or don't want to do the collab. Like maybe we could fill those empty spots and make new OG seeds and, you know, probably make some people hunt them down and hopefully something new or something better, you know, from the OG. Yeah. Yeah. They need to come back. They're definitely in demand. I just feel like the reason why, like they're like OGs, if people start breeding like badass OGs and let the people have it too, like to pheno hunt and stuff, I think OGs will come back. That's what I think. Is nobody wants to do the breedings. Like there is people that do in breedings, but they keep it in house, right? If they give it out, like sell it, whatever shows, you know, because you don't really find good OG seeds. I'm telling you that right now. I've been chasing good OG seeds like since you know exotic genetic days, and I still haven't found no good OGs. But good OGs are here in the heart of Los Angeles, and I know, you know, I know what I'm after. <laughs> so hopefully, you know. Bring it back. Yeah. Four thumbs yeah. bring that shit back on his back. Yep. Yeah. So a little, little hint, me and uh, Mike said Mike. We're, we're gonna make With a Mike's help, you yeah. definitely got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Definitely. So on his side, like, man, they they're they're really connected. You know, they have some really good people on their side too, and they're really supportive. And um, I couldn't go in there. I couldn't go in there without Mike to go get the OGs to breed. You know what I mean? They they trust him, they believed in him, and and, and they gave me that same treatment, you know. So yeah, thanks, you know, Killer OG and them, their team, you know, um, for letting us great do some cuts. readings. That's fucking great dope, cuts. Man. Yeah. Not a lot of, like you said, not a lot of people got that access. Yeah, so it's dope that you guys are doing more, that, keeping it real. And you guys are keeping it real to your roots. So that, that's the important part. What are some of the other? F- oh, yeah, dude. What's this flavor? Oh, here's the Killer OG. Yeah, yeah, yeah kill dude, th- that is gassy. Yeah. That is super gassy. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like uh Killer Kush, he said, um yeah. Yeah, people some people haven't had real OG. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like oh, it's shit. yeah, that's it. Gas. Mm-hmm. So I love this for you one. guys. What strain is this man? This uh Thompson OG. Mm-hmm. Fuck with that. That's different. Mm-hmm. These are different. Yeah, you guys could roll those up too. Yeah, this is a panic attack quickly. 
<laughs> nah, I mean, so there's still good OGs around. Yeah. There's still good. You just gotta know where to find them. Yep. You know. Yep. It's it's good to see it coming back, and it's good to see genetics I haven't seen in probably a decade. Mm -hmm. Where you're like, oh, the real, because like you said, there's different kinds of OGs. Most people who just know OG as OG don't know that that there's like the sweet kind, the earthy yeah. kind. Then yeah. there's the gas forward. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. there's so many variations, and the hardest one to find is the one that punches you in the nose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you to know? do 20 car wheels. Yeah. Yeah, I want that one. Everyone's got the one that's kind of earthy and mm -hmm, sweet mm -hmm. or sweet and earthy. Yeah. You know, hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. I can't wait to see what you guys got going on with some of these OG crosses with the breedings. It's going to be yeah. crazy. So, You'll find some real interesting stuff. Yeah, we, you know, we have a lot of good help from, you know, the natives from here. That's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. That's what it takes. What else? Shout out wise. Uh, sh yeah, shout out to Doja. You know, straight up. That's my brother. And, um, you know, he, I'm, I'm very inspired by him. Like I told him when I saw him, like, hey, you know, I'm copying everything you do. <laughs> He's like, if you're copying me, you're doing something right. You're going to get somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like that. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like that. Like, but um, he's my inspiration straight up. Because me and him, we came here at the same time. We knew each other. Like, I met Doja at uh, Emerald Cup. It was funny how we met, right? one of these four thumb shirts and uh, he just didn't even look at us right so then i'm doing then that was an emerald cup in santa rosa right that's when sherbinsky pulled up with his orange uh orvet or something so i remember doja right and doja didn't say nothing to us he just walked when we said what's up right so i catch doja at dabathon because i'm vending there i'm doing the show doja's doing the show and i went up to doja like hey um what's up like you know we we were like you know hello cool and then later I wrote him, hey, I met you at Emerald Cup. You're really rude to me, right? And then from there, he's like, nah, man, I didn't mean. So ever since then, we just knew each other. Yeah, we just knew each other. And um, yeah, he had like Mac 1s. So like I was, you know, I know that people had Mac 1s up in Sacramento. But at the shows, nobody knew what the fuck Mac 1 was. I was like one of the first dude to put that shit in the sash. Everybody like still remember us for Mac 1s that I got from L.A. too. From Doja and from LA. Crazy. Shout out Capulator. Yeah, yeah. Capulator. Yeah, that's my boy yeah. too. The original Mac. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's dope, man. Well, shit, man. Where can everybody find you? Yeah. Um, you know, right now we have, you know, I have products in the delivery service and stuff. Um, Holotip, they are also in uh, about 50 to 60 stores here in Los Angeles. Uh, Killer Kush. Uh, he has like two dispensaries. Where was it at, Mark? Whittier. So if you sure. want to find go some really support. good, if you OGs want real stuff, OG, yeah, go to Whittier. Uh, Killer Kush. And go for is out the name yeah, of the yeah, shop. That's his brand. That's Killer Kush. What's the name of the spot they go? To? True, True Organics and yeah. Whittier. Go get that Killer OG Killer Kush if you want that real OG. And it's gas. He's got more. So. That's just a little sneak peek. Exactly. And I would mm -hmm. say try that Thompson OG. That 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 thing, I can't yeah. stop smelling it. That one is super interesting. <laughs> yeah. Super interesting. So that one, yeah, we're going to probably off that one. Support Holotips. Support Four Thumbs. RS11 Cross is coming yeah. soon. This has been a fucking pleasure, bro. You really brought the history. Yeah. And yeah. this has been an episode like no other. That is for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much, <laughs> yeah, bro, for everything. No you know? I mean, dude.
Come on, dude. Come <laughs> I think on. we ended off with uh, Biggs taking a nice hit. Yeah. Should we should we do this on the behind the scenes so they got to go on the Patreon? Or <laughs> and talk about that off the mic a little bit. Yeah. Maybe we can get them to four thumbs to drop a little bit of game on there. You guys want to see us hitting this bamboo bong? Tell, tell us about this, though, for a second. You, you had a crazy yeah, story. So, um, you know, back in the days, um, you know, to smoke like tobacco and uh, opium, like they didn't have nowhere to go to, so they use a bong. And, you know, the bong is actually supposed to be uh, bigger. You said this is made from somewhere, though, or something? Bamboo no, from this a- one's made from North Carolina, and they flew it in. The and bamboo? Then, yeah, the bamboo alone, because you can't get this big of a bamboo here. So um, they, the, the bongs were a lot longer, so they'll sit, like, they're right. like damn near Indian style. Yeah. And then the bong is so long that it just goes right here. And then how they'll smoke is like this, and then blow it out. And never leaving the lip off the bone. Yeah. So that's wow. a nice one. Like wow. Non-stop train train. That's <laughs> dope. We'll have to try it out. That's super cool. <clears throat> well, we're going to have to, what, put some water in and get Bigs to yeah, yeah. light off up? Off the mic. If you ain't on the Patreon, you're missing out. That's when we get <laughs> into the other stuff. Come on, man. Get on the Patreon. Support Four Thumbs. Support Hollow Tips. Yeah. And support Killa OG, Killa Kush. Yeah. For real, some real ones out of LA out here doing it right now, and you know I'm I'm excited for what you guys got to come, and we'll be at the family reunion. Last night with the hollow tips gun now. Yeah. Oh, dude, that thing's. We gotta be. put some fire in that. You gonna sponsor by Black Black? Yeah, you gonna yeah. sponsor with some Black Leaf flour? I'm gonna fill that thing up. Let's go. <laughs> you know, I got you it. Got some flavors or what? Man? I got some flavors. <laughs> I think there's some on the table, but no, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, we're oh, gonna shit. fill that thing up and let it. All rip. right, man. We're wrapping up. Right. You already know it's first smoke of the day. Four thumbs. We're out. Yo, welcome to the Diamond Mine, the DiamondMine.LA, California source for boutique genetics, powered by yours truly, Blackleaf. And you know what that means? That means I'm bringing my best genetics into this. I'm bringing stuff I've been hiding, harboring away, stuff I haven't wanted to let out. We're bringing all that into the DiamondMine.LA, and we're going to offer that to California. Go on our website, hit the newsletter, and see if you can rock with us. Get on board with some of our genetics and change your garden. The diamondmine.la powered by Blackleaf.